Hi, I'm your host for the day, and I'm Christopher. And today I'm going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit coming out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Last week we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Well, this week we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And they are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. At which these gifts are mostly effective when they are coupled with the fruit of the Spirit. Chapter 13 says, Though you speak with tongues of men and angels and are gifted to prophesy, you have wisdom and knowledge to understand and articulate. You have the faith to move mountains but have not love. You are nothing more than a clinging symbol. You can give to the poor, feed the hungry, and give your body to be burned but love not and become to nothing. You see, though you are gifted to do all manner of work for the Lord, if you are not fruitful, all the work you do will be unprofitable to your spirit. Love is a direct form of the indirect attributes of patience and kindness. It's not envious of of what others have, for we are all one body. Love does not parade itself in arrogance and pride, but is humble and lowly, does not act unruly and seek to be acknowledged, nor does it provoke others to wrath. It does not hate or cause division, neither does it Look down on others as some do, but it believes the people have the capacity to get it right, no matter their wrong. It doesn't care for iniquity for man, but rejoices when truth enters them. It hopes for the lost that they will find their way. It endures even the harsh realities of life. Though you are gifted, you are partial in being perfected. But when he who is perfect comes, our partiality will be done away with. Pursue love that you may be whole, lacking none of the fruit, but yet your gifts being perfected in you through love. Chapter 14 says, desire to prophesy for those that speak in tongues, speak to God, revealing mysteries that men cannot understand or comprehend unless they have the interpretation. And even then they don't know everything being said because of partiality. But when they prophesy, they edify the thinking of man. We are all instruments in God, a perfectly orchestrated symphony. But if we are all gifted with the same gifts, how will we be known when he uses us? The Holy Ghost is known by wind and touch. Every instrument sounds by wind or touch. So whoever is touched or spoken through by the Spirit, depending on his gifting, he will make a different sound. How will you know it's time for battle if the trumpet sounds like a harp? How will you know it's time to chill if the saxophone sounds like the drums? But when we all come together, we make a perfect sound of praise that heaven inhabits. If edification is important, and which it is, and you have the gift of tongues, you should pray for the interpretation that your words may be fruitful in the hearing of man. So you must pray and sing with spirit and understanding among men. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will they say amen? You see, tongues are not for the believing, but the unbelievers. And prophecy is not for the unbelievers, but for the believing. When coming into the assembly of the body, it is better to speak five words that people understand than to speak 10,000 words that cannot be understood. Gifting is not to be interpreted as anointing. It is to be known as gifting unless it destroys the yoke of bondage in your life. You see, we as people have become subject to giftings and not anointing. Willful sinners are gifted that will arouse your emotions, but is not to be mistaken for a spiritual. 
we cannot water God down to a feeling, but have to know his truth. What is wisdom? It is the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and of good judgment. It's not common sense. It's discernment. It's insight and foresight. It's something that we get from God. God grants wisdom if you ask for it. For James 1 and 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given unto him. Colossians 2 says, All treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. And James chapter 3 says, The wisdom that is from above is first of all pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy god is the reason that we are in christ jesus who became for us wisdom from god righteousness sanctification and redemption yes years of living give you knowledge and understanding but wisdom comes from the lord and he gives you the wisdom to understand and articulate his word in a manner that reveals knowledge or hidden things to others faithfulness is a fruit but faith is a gift in luke 22 31 and 32 jesus says simon simon indeed satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat but i have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and when you have returned to me strengthen your brothers and simon said jesus i am ready to go with you to prison and to death then after jesus had finished talking to the carnal simon he spoke to the renewed peter and he said the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me why would he tell simon that satan has asked for him and then tell peter he would deny him i think it would be to distinguish between the two because simon was gangster but peter could hear from god or could get revelation from god and you say, how could he get revelation from God when Jesus had not yet died? To answer that question, I use when Jesus asked the question, who do they say that I am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood had not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven, meaning that he received revelation from God. Why would Jesus say when you return to me? Me, strengthen your brothers because Jesus knows that in the midst of havoc and turmoil Peter would deny him but at the turn of events when Peter saw the risen king he would assume his position it was a time when the gifts had not yet manifest the armor had not yet been obtained they loved Jesus but had not yet the spirit to love all people as they had loved Jesus so after Jesus had risen they had received faith that if Jesus could lift himself up from death what is he then able to do so I say though you are gifted with faith it is God's hand that moves causing your works to be effective that's why Romans 12 and 3 says though the grace given to me through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith we all have it so we must ask in faith with no doubting 
for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind and let that man not think that he should receive anything from the Lord for he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways faith is stability so if you are stable in your faith that God will make you the leader you will lead or if you have faith that God will make you the tail you will never become the head faith is what you believe it is not what you say because you can say things that you don't believe faith goes beyond sound beyond what's tangible in the now beyond what you see but it's what you believe not what God can do but what God will do faith is the thing that's hoped for but not seen somebody can tell you the truth all day but unless you believe it will come to nothing in your thinking. The thought of faith suggests you are irrational and crazy in a world where everything has to be tangible in order to be believed it is true. With that being said, I want to ask a question. Is love tangible? No, but we all want it. We long for it. It's a must have. Isaiah 53 5 states that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, and by his stripes we are here. This, in its context, means this is what he physically endured for us so that we could spiritually be saved because the next verse said we are all like sheep going astray all of us have turned to our own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all first peter 2 20 through 25 says for what credit is it if beaten for your faults you take it patiently but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you shall uh, follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Not a physical healing, but a spiritual healing. For without this gift, think not that you would be able to obtain the crown which you run for. For Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them. I don't know about you, but before I received the gift of spiritual healing, I was lost doing my own thing. But when conviction hit, truth turned my heart and when my heart turned I was healed from the sin that plagued my life all my wrongdoings negative thoughts and impure deeds were slain on the cross Jesus was beaten spat upon and mocked for it but he wasn't killed for it he gave his life that I may have a chance at life before he healed me spiritually I was merely existing I was clubbing drinking smoking partying in general chasing different women everything to try to satisfy an unfulfilled urge that no matter what I did, who I did, or where I went, it wasn't enough. I was like a bottomless pit that couldn't be satisfied. And after countless times of trying to clean up my life, I hit tragedy. My world came crashing down on me, and it was so to the point that I stopped trying to feel the hole that was in me, and I began to learn about someone who could do it for me. Jesus came in and not patched the hole but filled it, sealed it, and he gave me what I had not had in a long time.
peace. I ran all the way up to tragedy, but when satisfaction hit me, I was saved or healed from the destruction of sin. Sin is a disease that separates us from God and, and annihilates our whole purpose of being here. Miracles cause stage cancer stage four cancer to disappear cause tumors to shrivel up and fall off cause the lame to walk the blind to see the deaf to hear limbs to grow back raised from the dead to life these are miracles and they shall follow them that believe the discerning of spirits is not always bad spirits for first john 4 and 1 says believe not every spirit but try the spirits rather they are from god because many false prophets have gone out into the world spirits come not only to distract but they also come to edify for instance when the spirit of prophecy comes in you are able to prophesy that does not mean that you are a prophet it just means that the spirit of edification has come in to edify the thinking of of the believer also gifts of healing in this i mostly talking about spiritual healing it comes through someone who is saved being able to speak a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge into the hearing of a man who being convicted causes conviction to come upon those that hear the word when the spirit of heaviness comes in it mostly directly affects you it's all in what you do with it because you can just let it linger but with discerning the spirit you can pray or speak a word um, to the person the spirit is from and help them to be freed or released from the bondage that they are carrying discerning of spirits not only alerts you to the negative but discerning also notifies you of the positive we are mainly we are many members but one body who should be tightly joined together for one common good the saving of souls and the gift allow you to accomplish that common good effectively but sometimes it takes joining with others to accomplish what god has set before you god doesn't call us to tell us to do it alone but sometimes he sends people to help us but because we come to the conclusion that this is my vision we think that we are meant to carry it alone let me say this you are the overseer of the vision god has given it to you but it's not for you. It's for the people that God has given you to shepherd. So that also means those that he entrusts you with, you have to allow them to be a help to the ministry and to the vision. Because when you do, the outcome is greater than you can imagine. It's when you try to carry the vision alone that you get tired and worn out. Look, even Jesus had disciples people he allowed to help with the ministry that God the Father had given him. Not only was Jesus healing through word, setting the captives free and working miracles, so were others. They were doing it through impartation because the Holy Ghost had not yet come, but they were a help to the ministry by reaching those that Christ did not get to. You see, he couldn't be everywhere at all times, but he had helpers to be where he couldn't. And when they they came up against something that they couldn't handle they came to Jesus with it Jesus taught them when he told the spirit to come out and it did Jesus the teacher said this only comes by prayer and fasting it's sad to say that we live in a time that we want to be the face of ministry we have to understand as Jesus did that ministry has many faces and knowing how to put people in places that show off their strengths and strengthens their weaknesses have you ever noticed that the place you are strong in will 
will also help you in the places you are weak in. For instance, if you are well organized and business savvy, but can't stand to be bombarded by people and their aggravations, you will be put in business where people will be involved in order to strengthen your weaknesses. Or if you are a good steward of what you have, but you like things done now, you will be put in a place where you have to wait for things to be done, thus giving you patience, enabling you to wait on God and not pursue everything that comes to mind because many are the thoughts of a man but God's purpose will prevail and in all that we see in scripture in all that we come to in life do the gifted know that the gift comes without repentance for Romans eleven twenty nine says the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance so you were gifted and called in sin you just have to be patient and wait on the process to take place before you walk into the call there is a gift that you should pray for and only the righteous will receive it and that is the, the gift of interpretation of tongues for first corinthians 14 and 13 says let him that speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret understanding the tongues makes it fruitful unto your thinking not very many have this gift or operate in this gift this is the only gift that is prayed for. The rest of them just show up, even when you're in sin. Not knowing how to handle them can be scary, especially if you see things happening to people but can't say anything from fear of people looking at you like you're crazy. And you know there are a lot of people with gifts that just want to get rid of them. But you can't be afraid of the gift, but you have to come to Christ so that he so that the Holy Ghost can help to cultivate the gift and teach you how to use it to edify the body of Christ. So to speak, prepare a people for what's coming. Wouldn't you like to be the one that led someone to Christ before they died? or led them to Christ to save their life. We all have a purpose in life, in the kingdom, in God. We are a place of help to a lost and dying people. We are gifted for this, but we are one body that works together to get it done. And though you are gifted, it does not suggest that you are going into heaven. It merely states that God wants to use you because if any of you are gifted for most of us, you know that you were gifted before you knew you were called. The gift comes without repentance. Repentance leads to anointing and anointing enhances the effectiveness of the gifting. Anointing breaks chains and destroys joke. A gifted person can sing, prophesy, tell you who's carrying what spirits, be knowledgeable, speak in another language or or imitate tongues. That is that they heard. They may even work what appears to be a miracle. But when Aaron threw his staff down, the magicians threw their staffs down, too, and they both turned into snakes. But Aaron's staff ate up the other staffs. That goes to show that a gift will not heal, but imitate the spirit. It will not interpret true tongues. The gift is great, but the fruit allow you to operate in the gift with effectiveness. But there is something else that you need in order to be sustained in the ministering of the gifts, in order to be sustained in ministry. Next week, we are going to get into the armor of God because I understand that you can be gifted and fruitful, but have not armor and be worn out before you get to the end of the calling. And this is how I feel in my spirit because I see that there are many gifted people, but sometimes they step out before they're ready, before they're spiritually ready, before they're spiritually um, 
strengthened before they are armored and, and, and ready for battle. They step out a little too soon. And, and before you know it, they're worn out after going and going and going. We can't go behind people, but we have to go after what God leads us into. And that's all that I have for you tonight. God bless.